This podcast features adults using adult language, but you know, you gotta grow up sometime. Some people never learn. It's true. So yeah, it's true. Uh, you know who else never learns is this guy <laughs> watching these stupid shows. <laughs> what did you not learn? I just, it, I continue to be amazed. I think that, like at this point, this is the ninth episode of the show that I've watched. I should, I should be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That's. But no, no, continue to go, what? Nothing makes sense, though. Nothing, Nathan. That's the point. That's why this podcast had to happen. And this episode, (laughs) episode nine that we're watching today, although it's episode eight of our podcast, this was the one where I was like, okay, Devin's right. I have to turn this into a podcast. This can't not be a podcast. Okay, so I am interested in... Which part of this episode made you believe that? I will tell you when we get to it. Is it I hope it's the swimming lessons. Well, I mean, the swimming lessons definitely had me thinking, but um, I will tell you when the moment arrives. Excellent. And not a second before. Excellent. Well, this is Gotta Grow Up Sometime, a Swan's Crossing retrospective, and I'm Libby Grant. I'm Nathan Kessler-Jeffrey. Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Um, oh boy, we we just watched episode nine of Swan's Crossing. Even though, like I said before, this is episode eight because we had a double whammy last time or whenever that was. I don't know. Yep. Previously, mm-hmm. previously, I've got to grow up sometime. Double whammy. Um, and here we are. We're going to explore uh, the aftermath of of what happened after the great Fourth of July implosion. Mila's near drowning. And the very interesting relationship arrangement that has been worked out via contract on Mayor Rutledge for Mayor Flyers by Sydney and Garrett. Right. There's so much to talk about. And the great thing is, is that we're not going to jump right in because the first scene of the the first scene of the episode. (laughs) Wait, wait, before before you get into the first scene, we got to cover we got to go over your your predictions from last time. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you, you you were actually pretty spot on with most of them. So at the end of the last episode, you predicted, first of all, that Owen and Sandy would have to be back and that Owen would obsess, would, would obsess over Mila. I don't think we saw Owen or Sandy in this entire episode. Not again. We have gone several episodes now without seeing Owen and Sandy. Maybe Owen really does have a rare disease like you previously predicted. He does look very skinny. I'm worried about his health. He does. You also predicted Mila was going to start feeling like she was best friends forever with Sydney pretty quickly, and Sydney would get jealous seeing Garrett with her. Okay, crushed pretty, it. Pretty, I mean, you know, yeah, not bad. Uh, you had predicted that JT and Neil would be back at it as Professor Van, but some kind of response would come from them, come for them, from the Baldies or from someone. And I have to say, I think you were on with this. I did it. I did it. I did the thing. I feel like you did the thing. If I if I predict the same things over often enough, they eventually become right. 
You also predicted that the Baldies would narrow down their computer search to the Eastern Seaboard. You were right on that one too. I'm so excited. And, <laughs> so excited. And you, I know. And you predicted that the next big event would be revealed. And you were also correct about that. So Bing. solid predictions on this one. <laughs> Although I think maybe your predictions were so solid because they were very broad and non-specified. Yeah, but that's yep, okay. You're right. I, maybe I should. I'm gonna really hone it down. I'm going to get extremely specific for next episode. It is way funnier when you really hone it down and get super specific okay, because maybe, you're always so wrong. Yeah, that's, that is the key <laughs> to doing this. That is the key to doing this is that I can't get general. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, kick us off, man. All Tell right. us how this so, crazy episode opens. This, this extensive opening scene, just like uh, so, so long, it's not. Uh, Callie and Jimmy arrive on scooters in a park that has a, like one of those old steel arch bridges in the background, lots of trees. It seems to be along a river. They get off the scooters. Jimmy takes off his helmet and cut. That is it. That's the whole scene. (laughs) The whole first scene, just like a tremendous amount of, uh, of real action. Literally nothing happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we're we're right back into Mila's bedroom with her like sparkly mood lighting stuff. And Sydney makes this remark kind of implying that everything about Mila's life is fake, which is kind of true. But also, Sydney Rutledge, Princess of Privilege, is not really one to talk about realness and fakeness. Yeah. And and so Sydney starts looking through M- Mila's stuffed animals, uh, which apparently at some point, a prince sent her one, it got written about, and then it became a thing that fans would send her stuffed animals, so she's got lots and lots and lots of them. And Sydney just starts, like, picking them up one by one, and then just, like, tossing them on the ground. <laughs> not not putting them back where she picked them up from, just, like, dropping them. Oh my god, I love it so much. They talk about how their moms were friends when they were teenagers, and they kind of wonder if, like, maybe their moms ever acted like teenage girls do nowadays in 1992 and they decide it's impossible and that they're it's kind of like they're they're bonding for real not just as part of sydney's plan to like rope a dope mila into her into her weird reverse cucking scheme yeah and then the phone starts ringing sydney looks around and says i give up which animal sounds like a phone and mila's like (laughs) you're closest you get it they're standing right next to each other i cannot stress enough (laughs) how much they're standing right next to each other. And Mila knows which which stuffed animal is the phone, and Sydney does not. But eventually picks up the, what is it, a polar bear? Yeah, it's like a polar bear. And also, we've already established that Mila has a shoe phone. So why does she have a shoe phone and a bear phone in the same bedroom? This is so unnecessary. Sometimes you need two phones. What if the shoe phone is her mobile? I mean, it worked, <laughs> it worked for Get Smart. Stupid. Is is this a rich people thing? Is this a rich people thing? Shoe phones. Shoe phones. Two shoe phones and dual phone lines in the same room. Right. Hmm, maybe. Right. Sydney picks it up, and then the other line is Garrett. We get one of those beautiful split screen phone conversations. <laughs> Garrett goes, How's my golden haired mermaid? Ah, busted. Ah. Sydney's like, excuse me? And I cannot stress enough that she is talking into a stuffed polar bear with a cord coming out of its ass. (laughs) And also, kids, phones used to have cords. They used to be connected to the wall. (laughs) That was a thing. (laughs) Yeah. 
So we cut to Neil and JT, who are still yelling about the security breach and saying Mayday like they're in a ship that's been torpedoed or something. Right. Um, but they're just on the, on the computer trying to figure out the whole security breach slash uh, Katie sitting on the mouse accidentally sent everything to every science board on the World Wide Web. And then there's this really weird series of camera cuts between two different cameras but the cameras are in practically the same place, so it just keeps jumping from one shot to another, but they're almost identical shots, like they're barely different. I do not know what the point was of that. It, yeah. was, it was a very confusing choice by the director. Yeah, and Neil is still on his very serious anti-girl kick, and Glory, to her credit, is over-comforting Katie like a human being. <laughs> Yeah, Neil actually, he rages at the girls about the near miss of almost downloading a secret research everywhere, and he does say the word online, and that gave me a moment. It startled me, because I'm actually impressed that online was apparently a term back then, because back in the day, all I remember anybody talking about was the World Wide Web and my personal favorite, the Information Superhighway. <laughs> no, I remember, I remember online from this era. You know, America Online, AOL. Right. There weren't, at this point, I don't think there were like traditional web pages in the way that we think of them now. No, I think it was all, you know, quote unquote bulletin boards. Yeah. It was just posting text messages back and forth to each other. Yeah. Which I, I kind of liked that. I sort of, I wish the internet would just go back to that. I'm sick of all the like Facebook algorithms spreading conspiracy <laughs> theories far and wide and whatnot. Right. Katie... <laughs> Is like as as Neil is like going off about how he's worried about their research. Katie's like, "Who's gonna care?" And I, it yeah. was at that point that I was like, "I'm liking Katie more and more. I'm actually liking Katie and Glory more than both of the boys." Oh yeah, Katie and Glory are both great characters. They're both fantastic. I love them. And yeah, Katie's totally like boys are the worst. Mm -hmm. Well, we it are. turns out they didn't. <laughs> It turns out they didn't close the breach quite so well because we see another split screen. This time it's the Baldies and some kind of like Agent Smith type dude, both looking at the display of the security breach. And it has been narrowed down, not only to the Eastern Seaboard, but to Swan's Crossing, which flashes on the screen. The words Swan's Crossing flash on the yeah. screen in like digital, digital clock type letters. Um, oh, it's so great. I feel like it's also important to note, it looks like these two shots are taken at the same computer <laughs> at different times. So they had the Baldies come in and film, and then they had Agent Smith come in and film. Yeah, and the Baldies get like, it's so computer. good. The Baldies get like, like reddish lighting, and Agent Smith has like green lighting. Yeah, and <laughs> and it looks like it's running the computer through the exact same animation. So they've essentially said, okay, we got the computer working. Bring in the Baldies. Let's film this. Okay, get out. Bring in Agent Smith. <laughs> Also, I bet they paid. They probably paid someone so much money to create that animation, which looks so rinky-dink by oh, today's yeah. standards. And I, I feel it. I feel that the music must be mentioned because it's this great, like boinging music. <laughs> Can you do that again? My note, my oh. note says with great boinging music. That's what it says. That's the <laughs> note that I wrote to myself here. <laughs> and then we cut to the theme song. Yay! Oh, the theme song. Uh, then we're back at Mila's bedroom 
to the accompaniment of a shredding guitar, which is my favorite background music that they occasionally use in Swans Crossing. Just <laughs> and we see this situation again where Sydney answered Mila's bear phone and it's Garrett calling and he's surprised to find her there, understandably, but he tries to deflect by asking Sydney whether she's coming along with their evil plan to make Mila her best friend. And Sydney's like on to him. She knows he's already trying to push the limits of their cucking contract, right? <laughs> And then Garrett's like, it's all for you, which is what they all say in these situations, isn't it? Yeah, the great, I, I think in the future, if we could refer to this always as the great cucking contract. I concur. <laughs> um, so one thing that I feel it is really important to note is that Mila and Sydney are standing no more than three feet away from each other as Sydney's on the phone with Garrett. And these are the things that Mila hears from Sydney's end of the conversation. Quote, sounds like you're enjoying your part a little too much. Are you sure? What a coincidence. I have a thing for boys with a foot in their mouth. <laughs> these are things that Mila hears, but apparently that makes abs like that doesn't register at all in Mila's brain. Because you think, yeah, it should be a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Sydney hands her the phone and says, Mila, the bear is for you. You should get a cordless bear. <laughs> and Mila also hints that all of the appliances in their weird mansion are custom made out of novelty objects. So, again, I ask, is this a rich people thing? Is this a rich people thing? I feel like probably yes. I feel like. It must be. I feel like if you want a specialized thing, there's somebody out there. I mean, Etsy has a thing for everybody. So if you have the yeah. money to get everything custom done, you can probably do that. Yeah, but like, is it a rich people thing to turn functional objects into novelty versions of those objects? Oh. Like all the weird phones, the weird rhinoceros desk, like nothing is just a desk or a phone. It's all something else, too. That's a great question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The ethnically Irish side of me is screaming inside my head that this is the Fae. Everyone in Swan's Crossing is from the other world, and they are luring you into their world for nefarious purposes via their strange novelty objects. Do not eat anything when you're in Swan's Crossing. Don't, you will not be allowed to leave. Don't eat the food in Swan's Crossing. Oh my god, Nathan! Everyone's always dancing! That's... Oh my god! We figured it out. Yep. Swans Crossing is the other world. I love it. I love it. Oh, oh, oh my. Okay. Oh my gosh. All right. Uh, anyway. One other, one other thing though is I also feel like if you having a designer who custom makes things or custom designs things for you, also possibly a rich people thing. That's. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that's got to be a rich people thing. I mean, yeah, of course. 100%. So Mila, Mila takes the bear phone. She's all stoked to talk to Garrett. And he offers to give her some lessons on how to be a normal kid, which I would argue Garrett knows nothing about. Right. Also, that is his lead off question. Hey, Mila, you want to be a normal kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> Always a great way to get a girl to like you by reminding her that everyone thinks she is abnormal. Yep. Yep. <laughs> 
but it's all just uh, his his lure to get her to agree to swimming lessons, which clearly is just an excuse so that Garrett can see her in a bathing suit and possibly touch her while she's underwater. Right. While they're having this conversation, the camera is following Sydney around. <laughs> Mila seems very chatty, very into talking to Garrett. And Sydney is just wandering around. She hits the button that flips the fireplace around. And you think for a second she's going to get stuck back there, but it just keeps going, pops her back out. Um, I would have loved it if Sydney had gotten stuck behind the fireplace. Like, <laughs> I know, it would have been great. That would have been incredible. Mila thinks Garrett is just so sweet, and she's also praising Sydney for being nice and funny and everything. And then Sydney seems to be kind of genuinely charmed by how Mila is. Like, maybe Sydney is kind of starting to like Mila as a friend for real, despite needing to, to involve her in her complex scheme. Yes. Yeah. They seem to be becoming actual buddies, which is kind of an interesting twist. Yeah. Also, can I <laughs> point out that when when Mila is done talking on the phone, she just drops the bear. <laughs> like, like there's no way to hang this up. I'm just going to set it down here. I, she, yeah, she does like set it on its feet. So it's like standing up on its little bare feet. And I wonder maybe like it's designed so that when it stands up, it'll hang up i don't know we who are we to know the ways of rich people exactly oh my gosh (laughs) so so funny so mila agrees to meet garrett tomorrow at the swan club for swimming lessons and uh she she says she has heard the swan club is very stuffy and sydney's like oh it was started a long time ago by my great great grandfather really like a, a swimming pool club yeah well, I, I get the feeling that this is the country club and the swimming pool is just a part of it. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Right? Because Muffy talked about earlier about getting the green room at the Swan Club. Yeah. Right? So I'm thinking this is like a country club of which the pool is a part of it. But that is a long time for a club to be around. It's also a long time. <laughs> it reminds me that the house has been in our family for four generations. <laughs> as Muffy says. <laughs> So I guess the country club has been around for four generations, too. Apparently. Uh, Mila invites Sydney to come swimming with them, and then she grabs a bikini top, which is just sitting on her nightstand for some reason. Mm-hmm. And she holds it up, kind of asking if it's if it's too much. And we get this great disaster music, like, dun-dun! Because <laughs> Sydney sees how skimpy it is. Right. It's, it is tiny, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, and I was and at this point I was I was sitting there going, How uncomfortable am I gonna be at this next <laughs> at the swimming scene? I just love the the doom music that gets played for the bikini top. It's it really so made good. me laugh. It's so good. So we cut back to Callie and Jimmy, uh helmet off, hair toss, as Callie does every time she takes off her helmet. She presses him about getting the, the job at the tool and die, which is apparently the name of the garage, the tool and die. Yeah. Jimmy's a bit reticent. He doesn't seem thrilled about the idea. But it is at this point that I noticed that when you're close up on Callie, she has she has grease smudges on her face. But in the wide shot, she does not. Oh, I missed that! Yeah. Oh, no! Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's great. I it, love it. It's, it's excellent. Jimmy says, just because you can ride doesn't mean you know anything about machines. And then Callie shows him who's the bigger banana head by taking a hairpin... <laughs> By taking a hairpin out of her hair and somehow using it to pry off his fuel line, pointing out a hairline crack in the line. 
And then Jimmy's all mad because now there's no fuel line on his bike. But Callie says with a crack in the line, he wouldn't have gotten home in one piece. She makes as if to leave. Jimmy begs her for her help in fixing the bike. And she says, I don't know anything about machines and fucks off into the sunset, right. which is the only acceptable response to that situation. 100%. I love Callie so much. She's so great. She's so great. So she rides off into the sunset. Jimmy has job insecurity, no working bike, and it is just left there kind of horny. You know what I mean? Job insecurity, no working bike, just left there kind of horny could be the theme of my 20s. <laughs> could be the theme of your what? My 20s. <laughs> <laughs> title of my sex tape um oh my gosh is that is that the title is that the title of this episode oh i think we might have to make that the title of this episode (laughs) that's a good one i love how we we don't have any plans for episode titles and they just come to us in the thick of it talking and then decide on the episode title oh my god so good okay we cut back to Neil and JT. Katie is sitting in the window where Neil normally sits, and she's looking very forlorn. <laughs> JT is checking off the specs for the new heat shield, which made me go, wait a second, does this mean they got something back from the Baldies? Maybe they did. I, um, I, I feel like they did. They must have. Otherwise, why would they be going over this checklist for their heat shield? Right. Right. Neil says, Neil says he wants to get to the rocket shed, which I suppose must be a rich people thing, having a shed specifically for your rockets. Where else are you going to keep your rockets? Good point. You know, <laughs> you can't keep a rocket in the house, Libby. But he's kind of like, as he's saying, come on, let's go to the rocket shed. He keeps kind of casting these glances at Glory and Katie. So obviously he just wants to get away from girls. Right. And JT looks at Glory and is like, later. And she just she just nods and smiles at him. Why is she putting up with this bullshit? Yeah, and then Glory kind of stops them right before they leave, and she tells Neil, be careful, because there's girls out there, and I love that she's, like, taunting him. (laughs) But then the boys just go off to do science and to deny their emerging attraction to one another while Glory is left doing childcare like she's some kind of Mormon or something. Yep. That's... I can say that that because I used to be a Mormon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh. oh that's excellent. Uh, okay yeah. katie, katie kind of wanders over and she's like boys are disgusting and awful and glory's like you'll change your mind in a couple of years right and katie totally calls out that sometimes jt seems to like neil more than glory which was very funny to me in the moment and then katie just starts ransacking jt's room showing glory all of the disgusting stuff in there um not anything salacious which is obviously what a 12 to 14 year old boy would have uh, yeah, there would definitely be hedge porn hidden somewhere in a 14-year-old boy's bedroom. But it's like snacks that he keeps in his underwear drawer and like a rotting apple underneath his hammock and stuff. Like it's just general grossness. But she does find Glory's sixth grade spelling book. And all this, and as she as she keeps like tossing the room, going, boys are gross. I don't know how anyone can stand them. Glory's just sitting there holding the book with this dopey love grin she's just so freaking wholesome i just love her 
I know she's adorable. Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> oh. We're back at the tool and die. It's the next morning and JT strolls in and finds Jimmy. And apparently Jimmy had stayed awake all night. All night. Trying to get a single fuel line back on his bike. As a person who has owned a motorcycle, several motorcycles, I guarantee you it does not take all night to put a fuel line on your bike. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't think so. (laughs) It just does not. So, Jimmy, who who knows about machines and who does not, I ask you. Indeed. Indeed. He also Uh, apparently walked five miles from... Yeah. Yeah. So he had to walk to get, like... And I'm not... I'm still unsure how he got the bike from the park to the shop did he like push it i suppose right i don't know it's a great question but yeah jt like wants jimmy to look at his bike his own bike um which is the exact same model as the ones jimmy and garrett have yeah i I love that want to know how many of these kids (laughs) have the same bike (laughs) what what is even happening with this? So Jimmy's complaining that he walked all this way because of a woman. <laughs> and JT's like, you hang with older women. Juniors are tough, man. Juniors are tough. What? <laughs> and Jimmy implies that Sophia is a lot easier to deal with than someone, but he won't tell JT it's Callie he's talking about yet for no apparent reason. I don't know why Jimmy feels the need to like keep it secret well, that he has the hots for Callie, maybe because he's afraid that it's going to get back to Sophia and he's technically dating her. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. But it, I mean, I, first of all, I would be terrified of Sophia too. She looks like she's very in charge. <laughs> and yeah, it's really. amazing. It's amazing. I love her. I think that's part of my thing about this show. I think all of the women are amazing and all of the guys are ridiculous. <laughs> that's kind of true. All the female characters, at least you can understand their motives. And all the boys, you're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Yeah. They just have no idea. They're so unbelievably clueless. And then JT has the gall, the gall to start complaining about Glory. I love how offended you are on Glory's behalf. He's like, every time I think I've got it together with Glory, whammo. What are you talking about? You are literally the problem. She is waiting on you, you dumbass. (laughs) If by whammo you mean Neil deliberately sabotaging your romance because he's jealous as hell, then yes, every time, whammo. JT, got a a little bit of information for you here. Glory's not the problem. Uh, Duh, JT. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Well... JT goes to get a wrench for Jimmy, and he finds a VHS case sitting on the bench. VHS, video home, what? I don't know what it stands for, but you know, the old thing, the old ways we used to watch movies back before uh, streaming existed, kids. I can't believe we have to say this shit. I feel so fucking old. Before DVDs, which I'm not even sure. Do we have yeah. to explain? Cassettes, VHS were tapes. They had magnetic strips in them, and they would wind. It wasn't like, a, anyway. It's not important. It's not important. We're old. Yeah. <laughs> the end. Yeah. Anyway, the VHS cover is pink and sparkly. And JT's like, oh, yeah, I got one of those, too. And Jimmy hasn't watched his yet. So they defi- decide they're going to find Fats's old VCR and play the tape. I also want to point out that the pink the pink VHS tape case also has one of those old 90s holograms on it. Oh, yeah. Which really took me back. I used to collect those, like, comic book cards. This was before the MCU, before, like, 
comics became much more mainstream than they are now. And I was one of those kids who was like, I was into baseball cards, I was into comic cards. And the thing that you really wanted when you opened up a pack of comic cards were the hologram cards because they were worth like quadruple the amount of all the other ones. And this really took me back. I was like, holy crap, why is there? I hope you cut this out. This is (laughs) so embarrassing. The VHS. Well, now I'm going to leave it in because you said that. (laughs) Listen, holograms were hot shit back then like seriously they were mind-blowing technology and and we're not talking about like actual you know holograms like in star wars with help us obi-wan kenobi you're our only hope no we're talking about stickers you stuck on things and when you moved them around it looked like something 3d was inside it this blew our primitive minds in the 80s and 90s it was incredible it's incredible it was so that's how you know this vhs tape thing that everyone mysteriously received is a very big deal. Hologram. Such a huge deal. So we cut to Sydney in her home. Glory comes bursting in with her own pink VHS tape. It's the talk of the town. Yeah. And all the cool hit teens in Swan's Crossing got these mystery tapes and they all want to know what's up. Have we talked at all about Sydney's bedroom yet? Because I think the last time we mentioned it, we really only saw the bed, which is like a four poster covered in like white drapes. Yeah. No, go for it. Lay it out for us, man. Well, it's a big, it's a big queen size bed. The entire room is done in wood paneling, so it's like white and brown, and it feels unbelievably energy sucking. (laughs) (laughs) Every time we see Sydney's bedroom, I'm like, "What is this? And why are we here? Oh, I can't get out fast enough." It does feel like there's, yeah, there's nothing um, feminine about it at all. Like, it doesn't feel like something a teenage girl in the 90s, especially one like Sydney, who's really into, like, fashion and and being the cutest, prettiest girl in town. It does not feel like something a girl would choose for herself. Exactly. It's, it looks like a library. It does. <laughs> it totally does. And it, it does, I mean, in some ways it gives you that idea of like the institution of this family, you know, this bedroom has been the same way for four generations or whatever, but it does not feel like a teenage girl's bedroom in the, in certainly the way that Glory's does, right? Yeah. Glory's feels the most, I mean, Mila's is just like a weird Disneyland version of a teenage girl's bedroom. Glory's actually feels authentic. Like that feels like a place a teenage girl would hang out. This is just... It feels like a boardroom. <laughs> yeah, a boardroom with a bed. It's very strange. There's also no windows. Yeah. There are no windows in Sydney's bedroom. It's very creepy. I, I think, I'm not 100% sure about this, but it kind of looks like the walls for the set for Sydney's room are the same as the wall panels for the set of the Rutledge living room slash dining room. Uh-huh. But maybe slightly re- rearranged so the door is in a different spot. But yeah, it's like the same, you know, like a walnut paneling on everything it's very very weird okay thank you i just needed to get that no go for it go for it i mean sometimes you gotta um so sydney's talking on the phone to somebody else while she's kind of talking to glory at the same time and she identifies the tape as the countess's invitation and says that she's watched it over a bunch of times like she can't stop staring at the spectacle and to be fair it is a glorious, amazing train wreck of a it, video. It's very true. Um, Glory says that she hasn't seen it because she needs head cleaners for her BCR. And I cannot tell you, kids, how real this was a thing. So if you ran enough 
tapes through your VCR, you had to clean the things that read the tapes. And there were special VCR tapes for doing this. Otherwise, the image would get very fuzzy. It was like a static tape, right? That you would run through and it would suck all the lint and stuff off of the various mirrors and whatever else was inside. Yeah, (laughs) 100%. Um, did you have any notes about Glory's outfit in this scene? I didn't, except that it's it's like ultra matchy match. It's oh. like top and bottom, the same plaid thing happening. Yeah, it's a yellow and white plaid, but it's to me, it really felt like 1940s pinup. Oh, it, it is kind of 1940s-ish. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like very cute um, and very, like, just, it was extremely matchy match, and... I had forgotten at the point that she came in that this was the next day. So I was like, <laughs> dang, she changed fast. No, it's the next day. Well, Glory says that everyone in town who's over the age of 13 and under the age of 18 received one of these tapes and they're all invited to this event, whatever it may be. Um, Sydney's still on the phone and it becomes clear that she's talking to somebody at the Swans Club trying to get them to search the pool to find Mila and Garrett. I know! I love the way Sydney orders adults around on the phone between (laughs) the police and the Swans Club employees. It's truly wonderful. She is delightfully assertive. So Sydney's chomping at the bit to show this tape to Mila and Glory reminds her, well, it's supposed to be a surprise. And Sydney's like, Mila's my friend. I owe it to her to show her this tape in advance so she knows what she's up against. Right. And it did strike me at a point that Sydney was trying to spoil the surprise. And then I remembered, oh, no, Mila doesn't want any surprises. Maybe this is actually semi-altruistic. Okay. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. Cut. Well, she does get Mila on the phone. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Cut to the pool. Oh, here we go. (laughs) You (laughs) you want to describe what's going on in that pool? Well, Mila, thank God, is wearing a one-piece, not the inappropriately tiny gold string bikini she held up before. Which, again, women should be able to wear whatever they want. It's the costume designers that I have a problem with. Yes, the costume designers putting children in highly sexualized clothing. That's a little weird. But um, fortunately, she's just in a perfectly normal, cute, pink, Mayo-style bathing suit. Yeah. And she's just floating in a floaty pool chair. Rather than actually trying to learn how to swim. On the phone. She's She's on the phone. Yeah. She's talking on a brick phone in the middle of the water, floating in a pool chair. It's the most 90s thing I've ever seen in my life. And this is, (laughs) this is a, this is a pool chair with styrofoam floaties. This is before like the, the inflatable floaties got very popular. So it's the, it's the metal like lawn lounge chair with styrofoam floaties it's phenomenal yeah like the arms of the chair are styrofoam blocks so it's like floating on that yeah and um sydney convinces mila to come meet her at mila's house as soon as possible all the while garrett is like like swimming underneath her chair and popping up and i know he's just trying to look at her butt and then um (laughs) when mila agrees to meet her sydney gives the camera this like evil smile yeah yeah Garrett Garrett continues to swim under her through the entire phone conversation. Like, it's just back and forth under the chair. He's like a creepy, rich, entitled dolphin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's another good title. <laughs> it is. We're just going to have a tough time deciding Ooh, on this one. Oh, so tough. When we get back from the commercial... All the kids are in, uh, well, there, there's two locations where, like, the entire cast diverts to. Mm-hmm. Glory and and Sydney 
are together um, in Mila's room or wherever they are. And um, everyone else, for no apparent reason, shows up at the Tool and Die. And they're all going to watch their VHS tapes, like, in a group. But, of course, first we get Callie and Jimmy arguing. Right. Including, also, Garrett shows up at the Tool and Die for no reason. Garrett, I don't believe, has ever been into a garage in his entire life. Oh, for sure not. For sure not. So, anyway, everyone hits play on their various VCRs. And the video begins to play, and it's interesting. Dear listeners, dear listeners, the video opens with Cockatiel Tutu announcing a surprise birthday party. There is a song, presumably sung by the Countess? I'm a little confused. And a video montage of Mila photos from when she was younger. One of the lyrics of the song is, Sugar Without Spice. All little girls should be as nice as Mila. And then my next note is we get a bunch of zoom in slash out on the parrot. Fuck. What is this? (laughs) Jimmy is losing it. He's got his face in his hand through the whole video. Jimmy is straight up breaking like crazy. It's amazing. It looks like like a pared down version of the 2001 Space Odyssey psychedelic montage. It's incredible. (laughs) And then like while all this insane footage is happening over this bizarre song that Mila's mother is singing in this wonderful warbling voice. There's also like green screen background effects, but make it nineties with like weird spinning fractals and geometric shapes flying at you. Mm -hmm. It is incredible. I love it so much. And I actually, the first time I ever watched it, um, I got to this episode right as my edible kicked in. (laughs) I had never, (laughs) I had never seen this episode before. And I kid you not, I thought this wasn't really happening. And I was like, Paul, come here. I need you to watch this with me. And he like came out of the bedroom and sat down. He's like, are you high? I was like, yes. And I need you to tell me if this is real. And then I played the the clip again for him. And he was like, what the fuck was that? He's like, what are you watching? And then I tried to explain what Swan's Crossing was. And he was like, what? (laughs) So like confused and offended. And then I sent it. To everyone I know. <laughs> I was like, you guys need to watch this video from like this timestamp all the way to the end. Do not turn it off until you get all the way to the end. I need you to see this. No one ever responded to me. <laughs> I was so high and I felt like this was the most important thing in the world. And it has now become a thing in, in our home that... um Paul and I will just randomly occasionally start singing this song to each other. Oh my god. <laughs> Mama loves Mila. Tutu loves Mila. Just over. It, <laughs> it is incredible. And I can understand now why you didn't show me this before you asked me to do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I said to you, I would tell you when the moment came in the show that I knew I wanted to turn this into a podcast. Mm -hmm. That's not this moment yet. The moment hasn't come. Okay. Strap in. (laughs) All right. So the, so the, the video ends. And Callie says, who would do this to her? Who would do this to her? (laughs) 
and we instantly cut to the end of Sydney showing Mila the video on all of the screens in her like changing area and Mila in, in Sydney says I had to show you and Mila's like I'm glad you did Mila's taking this as some sort of tragedy in her young life Mila looks like she just watched a snuff film. She's like, she's horrified and forever changed. 100%. Sydney goes to the elevator and says, what are friends for? And the elevator door closes. Oh yeah. She takes that right into the camera. Elevator door closes on her evil face. Like, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Whether Sydney was trying to be a friend and and help her out because she knows Mila doesn't like surprises, or whether she's like, I'm gonna psyop you, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't think we're ever gonna know, Libby. I think this then, this is the first and only question that will haunt me. And then Mila says, "It's not even my birthday," and falls across her bed sobbing. And then you want to tell us what happens after that, Nathan? We watch the whole video again. The whole thing. The whole thing. In its entirety for no reason. There's literally (laughs) nothing cut. It's the same video. That we just saw like a minute before. Then for the briefest of seconds after the video finishes the second time, we cut back to Mila and she continues crying as the credits roll. Yes, this was the moment when I was like, I am doing this podcast because (laughs) we get a freeze frame of Mila crying on her bed. The closing music starts to play, gotta grow up. And over the top of this happy music, you can hear Mila sobbing. Yep. I love it so much. (laughs) It is the most amused I've ever been in my entire life. Yeah, (laughs) it's truly incredible. So I think as soon as I got done watching that crazy closing sequence where Mila's just sobbing over this happy music, I instantly emailed you and I was like, how would you like to do a podcast about a soap opera made for children? And I was like, what? Yeah. Well, there it is. That's the end of the episode. And oh my gosh, what an episode it was. It uh, truly is incredible. I mean, the the thing that I'm discovering is how much work they had to do to fill time in this show. And they were like, we put so much work into this stupid video and we need to fill like two more minutes. Let's just run it again. We put a lot of work into it. Let's do it again. Why not, right? Yeah. Kids like videos. <laughs> No, no. Kids like holograms. (laughs) (laughs) Well, who is your vote for Psychopath of the Week? I, this, there, there is not, I actually, I'm going to go JT. Like, huh, why, why JT? His like rant about glory is just so off-putting to me. You're not, you're not case. You're actually like off the board. Yeah, I think I will join you in that because there's no clear outstanding psychopath this week. Not because everyone's not psycho. Almost everyone is a total psycho. But it's hard to pick one who really shines. But yeah, JT's total lack of awareness about his his contribution to his own relationship woes is a little crazy. So yeah, 
going with JT for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, did we get a swan count? Uh, we had two new fake swans today, one on Mila's bed and the other in the title sequence. So that brings our actual swans to 24 and our other swans to 33. Oh my gosh. Actual swans are going to have a hard time catching up at this I point. I know. There's just a lot of fake swans. but when Excessive we, fake swanery. When we do see actual swans, there tend to be a lot of them. That is true. We don't see a lot of well, um, actual swans. I'm going to mute my mic and you can hit us with your predictions for next week, which is episode 10 of the show. Yeah, so show opens on Owen and Sandy rehearsing. And the Countess is in the middle of preparations for Mila's big birthday bash. Swimming lesson number two happens and Mila actually gets in the pool this time. I I think it's important to note that her hair was not wet in the swimming pool scene. She had never actually gone any further into the water than her midsection. Glory asks JT why he's kept her spelling book from sixth grade. Neil interrupts a kiss in that scene. And I feel like the Baldies come to Swan's Crossing. Those are my predictions. None of that's going to happen. Excellent. Thank you. Well, um, those are some great predictions. I decided it would be easiest on all of us, by which I mean both of us, right. if um, if we break it up into seasons. Mm-hmm. So that'll give us some time off from recording. So um, next, next episode we watch is going to be the end of season one of our podcast. Oh, okay. And then we're going we're gonna to have a little bit of time off. We're going to have some a uh, couple of weeks where we don't have any any new episodes that come out, but I am going to make some bonus content to put out for our listeners. Awesome. Um, so it won't be our regular episodes, but it will be, so- be something fun. And then we're going to come back with a brand new season. And I have ended ended each of our seasons on the most dramatic cliffhangers I could find in the show. Oh, okay. Excellent. So, so expect a cliffhanger next time. Yeah, so it's going to be fun. We're going to roll out with a new season. And in the meantime, if people are, are jonesing for some Swans Crossing content, you got to check out our social media where I have been creating GIFs. I will die on the hill of pronouncing it GIFs. It is not GIFs. It is not giraffical interface. <laughs> it's graphical interface. Therefore, it is GIF. Do not email me you, about this. I will block you've you. You've literally <laughs> just lost half of our listeners. I don't care. <laughs> I am ride or die for gifts, and I made a lot of them. And they are, uh, I'm putting them up a few at a time every day on our Instagram account, which is at Swans Cross Pod. And you can also find us on Twitter at Gotta Grow Up Pod. Wait, shit. I'm so bad at this. You know, uh, you could put it at the bottom of your notes and save it every time so we can go over it. Like I, and I would like to start being the person who thanks the, uh, the songwriters. Is that okay? Yes, you should do that. And so here, I I, I now have it pulled up. I will put it at the bottom of my notes. Thank you for that valuable note. I'm here for you. (laughs) Um, So here, here's all of our social, our social meds. (laughs) Please don't ever say that again, though. I want to make it happen. Social meds. Okay. Social media. Twitter at 
at gotta grow up pod instagram at swans cross pod and if you want to email us but not to tell me to pronounce it jiff you can do so at swans pod at gmail.com thank you to richard winsler and steve lane for the use of our theme song gotta grow up sometime from the hit tv show swans crossing yes very very good very well done folks we're still looking for a way to sign off so if you have any ideas please feel free to shoot those to us on our social meds we're never going to come up with a sign off we'll be on the last episode of this podcast still just flailing right at the end uh until until next week uh may you only be half submerged in the four generation old pool at your country club thanks for listening (laughs) bye Bye. to her.